Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Weekly Dish on this spooky edition. It's a spooky weekend. It is the Halloween weekend. It is the Halloween weekend of all Halloween weekends. I'm Stephanie Hansen. Hey, I'm Steph March. And here we are to take you into your holiday weekend and talk all of the food, fun, and frivolity. Frivolity. That's the best word ever. You had a lot of good words in your feed this week that Did were I? spooky word plays. I know. And I meant to comment on that <laughs> and commend you for them. I got in trouble. You did? I did. I Why? Got, well, because... Because <laughs> you used too many? What? No, no, because uh, apparently it's too soon to have uh, a, a reference to dead Jimmy Buffett, so... Oh, I had a woman said, Stephanie, tacky, too soon. <laughs> she sent me a Oh, note. that's kind of funny, though. I know. I was like, well, but, but. It's but, not tacky. I'm like, I don't understand. He is dead. I love the word tacky, too. I know. I was very impressed. No one has said tacky to in me a long in a long time. And like, what even is tacky anymore? <laughs> because the world that. is tacky. I know. Right? I don't have a metric for tacky anymore, but I'm happy to try to achieve it for you i really am yeah that's and pretty amazing it's kind of excited but then i have to show you maybe i'll post this because of course i'm referencing my own child because jake larson is the king of halloween and so he in his whole life has been of course when he was seven years old the kid walked up to me and said i think i want to be that chicken guy and i was like what do you mean he goes you know that chicken guy from the bucket and so he was colonel, colonel sanders. sanders that was an awesome that was costume. an epic one and then he went on to be not like superheroes, not like he didn't need to be like, you know, Captain Marvel or whatever. He was Inigo Montoya yep. because you killed his father. So prepared to die. He went on to be Alfred Hitchcock. He went on to be Beetlejuice. Yeah, Beetlejuice. Remember that? Beetlejuice was good. And then he went on to be. And wasn't he Jimmy Buffett one year with a lay and like a no. Hawaiian shirt? No, I was. No, he has not been that. Maybe he just wore that for fun. That's what he wears. <laughs> <laughs> That's why it's perfect. So this year he is. Uh, he's dead Jimmy Buffett. And I thought he was going to be zombie Jimmy Buffett. No, no. He just looks like Jimmy Buffett. And then he has like a halo on the top of his captain's hat, which is kind of sweet. It's actually a little bit more of a sweeter homage than what I was envisioning. So I like it. I like it. So, Gail, sorry about that. But it is it is an honoring homage that he is making for it. So there you go. Yeah, I like it. I have been all week seeing my cute little neighbor kid. In her Wonder Woman costume. Oh, she's been wearing it all week like a good girl. Every day outside and it's sleeveless. And she has a cape that's made out of like a baby blanket. Oh, yeah. And she had to show me this one day. And then I realized she was doing this every day, too. She runs up and down the driveway as fast as she can so that the cape flutters. Because otherwise, why do you have a cape? She wants me to like see her cape flow. Yeah. (laughs) 
<laughs> oh my gosh. So it's been pretty cute and That's... pretty funny watching her all week. Sleeveless too. Oh like, yeah. She's not cold. No. It is like basically no. a unitard with a cape. <laughs> until she can get, until the snow actually flies, she's not going to put that puffer on. I was, this is, makes me a little sadistic, I think, but I was like glad that it's going to be cold for Halloween because these Halloweens where it's like 85 degrees aren't really Halloweens, right? I mean, I don't want 85 degrees, but I I do enjoy like a 60 degrees a 60 at night. Degree Halloween. I wanted it <laughs> I to want, be cold. I want to wear the my kids have to outfit. wear jackets. We had to wear jackets. I know. We're Are you wearing an outfit? Are you well, going out? I mean, I know everyone asked me like I, I said I had an outfit, and then <laughs> Kelly O'Connell was like, "Do you even have a party?" I'm like, "Well." Um, actually, I have two kid birthdays parties tonight, which is sort of a strange one. Um, and so I'm, but I'm thinking about dressing up because it won't be a big deal. Cause you know who I'm going to be? I'm going to be Donna Brazato. Oh yeah. So, you should dress up. Yeah. So, which is not that hard. It's putting a kitchen towel over your shoulder. You weirdly kind of look like I her. I know I do. <laughs> and I can totally do the hair. Like I can do the eighties back you sweep can. because I did just get layers cut. So I can absolutely make this happen and then just throw a kitchen towel over my shoulder, have a fat glass of wine and, you know, smoke some cigarettes, I guess. Well, that'll be funny because I wonder who will know. Nobody will know. Smart I have had like... I just said smart people. Like, I know, That's not the people. right word. I mean like... I think some of the foodists might get people. it. people, yeah. yeah. But, you know, anything I can do in homage to JLC is going to... I mean, she's my, she's sort of my spirit woman. So she's pretty great. Um, but I, you know, there was a year that I was going to do Laurie Strode and then I didn't do, I mean, you could do that too. I know I could. You could play all of the Jamie, Jamie Lee, Lee Curtis, Curtis characters. You could be the let's get physical lady. Oh, I don't think I'm going to sport any sort of a unitard anytime soon, my dear. With a thong, a thong tard. <laughs> What even was that movie? I don't. Let's physical. I think no, wasn't it? Was it with John Travolta? I'm gonna find out. Um, I there's of course she is also plays like I could actually play her in uh, Trading Places because I have a short fur coat and like I could put on a fake wig and be her, but that's just not even like her best role. So okay, I have the picture of the unitard situation. Right, but we don't know what the name of the movie was, huh? Uh, was it The Fog? No, it definitely was <laughs> <laughs> Trading Places? Love letters. Can you imagine if there's a workout? Oh, it was perfect. Perfect. A workout unitard in a movie called The Fog. It was perfect. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. <sighs> anyway. She's had some good roles, though. No, she really has. She really has. She's amazing. I love her. JLC, she's my... And I was... I think a lot of people last year... I remember seeing her character from everywhere... Everything everywhere all at once, where she's like in a yellow turtleneck with a vest yes. and the, the shortcut bangs with the big. Pooch. I finally did see that movie. Oh, what did you with think? With the hot dog fingers? Yeah. A lot of hot dog fingers last I year. I liked it for about an hour. Oh, that's too bad. And then I just got like, the crazier it got, the more I just was I like, I think I'm going to go to bed. I was 100% into it. Yeah. I watched it multiple times. It was really interesting. Did you watch any scary movies? This You know what you I did? Yes, I did, but by accident. <laughs> I went to the Twin Cities Film Festival. Oh, right. And I saw a movie called Faux with Shershi Ronan. Oh, Shersha. Shersha. Shersha Ronan. And it is um, based on a book. And I know I want to read the book. The premise was. And it's F A U X Faux, not P H O Faux, right? Yes. Okay. 
It's not about soup. Happening? It's not about soup, no. right? Just checking. No. Okay. So the, here's the premise of the movie. Yeah. The government comes and her husband, they're farmers. Okay. And the government comes and takes her husband because they need him on the sphere to learn how to farm in outer space. Got it. And while she's gone or he's gone, they're going to give her an AI husband to like help around the house. Oh. And then she falls in love with the AI husband because the AI husband is the best version of her actual husband. Then her real husband comes back and the AI husband has to and her break up because now her real husband's back and her real husband is still kind of cold and aloof and doesn't really like his wife. So the very last scene of the movie, she comes out and she's like making this perfect chicken and she's wearing like this perfect little apron and you realize, oh, there was an AI version of her too. And it was just disturbing and freaky to think about and my friend and i've been talking about the movie for seven days oh my god but it was really a interesting movie okay foe and it is a book and this movie is owned by amazon and they don't know if it'll ever make it to the channel but i would highly recommend the book because oh, i, I just Sir think Chef. the premise is interesting okay wow yeah, think that about is that if spooky. you like your ai version of your husband better than your actual husband yeah I, yeah well no fear for me. So. Well, you could you could have a husband. You could make one. I mean, I'm just saying. Um, I did you did we talk about the fall of the House of Usher? Have you watched it? We should. Okay, when because, we come back. Oh, okay, we'll do it when we come back. Okay, okay we're gonna bye. take a break. You're listening to the Weekly Dish on my Talk 107.1. Imagine me, Dracula, barely able to lift myself out of my coffin. I was tired, out of shape, chasing humans and sucking their blood was draining me. But then I joined the YMCA. It was like night and darker night. My energy and well-being have improved. I can't see myself in the mirror, but people tell me I look less stressed. And it was definitely the Vi that helped me. I'd stake my life on it. Wait, forget I said that. Join the Vi at YMCANorth.org. Welcome back to Weekly Dish. Hey, we were just talking about the fall. Or I, wanted to, I want to quickly round this up. Please. The fall of the House of Usher on Netflix, you guys. The Mike Flanagan property, which is, of course, the guy who wrote... House on Haunted Hill or whatever. Oh, that I liked one? that one. Yeah, yeah. with uh, what was that guy that was in that Billy Crudup? Oh, yeah. And I mean, like Carla Gugino and yeah, like, you know, good. the E.T. kid, all grown up, Patrick Henry or whatever. Um, <clears throat> anyway, so this is Mike Flanagan's last, uh, pro- you know, like package of these horror pack- films that he's or series that he's been doing for Netflix. And it is so good, you guys. Oh, God. Let me just say this. English majors. It's for you. Oh, you know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah. Because it is, it's Edgar Allan Poe. It is a take on the fall of the house of Usher from Edgar Allan Poe, classic American's favorite. Yes. And there are, and, but they have framed it up to be a modern version and they have, um, it's basically a takedown of the Sackler family. Oh yeah. So it's all about the opioid crisis. Those it's real about, creeps. Yeah. These, but is it kind of tongue in cheek? Like, does it make them seem like evil people? Cause I, at the just complete abyss of prescription drug use and how abusive that family was to the system. Yeah. It's hard for me to watch that stuff. Well, this is, I mean, it's, it's camping that it's a horror. You know what I mean? Okay. Like there's some supernatural stuff happening. Yeah, it is think- still the fall of Usher. And so there is like the telltale heart. There is the mask of the red. Death. Okay, I there think is I can the cask it. of Amontillado. It's just framed up diff- in, in a very modern way. And it is acted spectacular oh i can't wait it's so good and i couldn't watch that michael keaton one that was just too much Which one was that one? where he was the doctor and realized all the prescription drug use that was happening and oh i don't know if i said his nephew was oh yeah this is not no this is 
This is a parable. Love it. It's a okay. parable, and you're going to enjoy it. I think. A parable. That's yes. an English major Ooh, word, too. It's been a real morning of wordy wordsmith. Look at my brain. Um, all right. I did spend the evening with a bunch of 70-year-olds last night, so I got to tell you, like, and my 70-year-olds are, you know, speaking about Gregorian songs and high literature works and things like that, so I'm primed. <laughs> was it fun? Oh, yeah. I no, bet it was. They're my people. They're my mom's. I, I took my a place. I took. I sat in her seat at the annual Silly Supper. And so we. Oh, that's yeah. so nice. So we had a really wonderful evening. What did you eat? I made pumpkin dip. You know, yep, I brought the pumpkin dip. dip. Yep. And then, uh, but Carol is the cook and it's at her house. And so she made venison meatloaf. Yum. And we had a wild rice uh, sort of a peel off, I guess. And then she just did Brussels sprouts. But Yum. I mean, the venison meatloaf. And then she did lincolnberry ketchup, which she was Sweet. like, I'm not quite sure if I was doing it right. And. Uh, Matt was with me, and we both thought it was absolutely, it was one of her best meals, for real. Love it. Okay, a yeah. lingonberry ketchup is a really interesting twist. It was, like and that. we were like, is it just... Because you could do it with cranberries, right, too. Right, right. And, and we were like, it's not really, like, she was worried it was going to feel like just jam, but it really wasn't. It really had a good vinegary bite to it. It was a perfect pairing to the venison meatloaf. So, ah, I might it was, experiment I know, you with might that. want to think yeah, about that. That's a good one. I'll find out if what her recipe she used cuz I know that she did tinker with it. Well, and I've got leftover cranberry sauce from the friendsgiving that we did, so I'm like, huh, oh, what, besides yeah. putting that in gin drinks. Yeah. Yeah, maybe ketchuping is a nice way to go cuz yeah. you add tomato paste and vinegar and muck yep. it up a little bit. She had a little cardamom in it. I'm going to say mm. that was exceptional. Um, all right, I wanted to talk. I had this article up last. We talked a little bit. We touched on it a little bit last week. But I wanted to talk about this article that came out that said that was sort of interesting to me. Why is making dinner so hard? And uh, and it basically because for me, I was like, I, I get it. Like and, and we're we're a show full of foodies here. Right. We love like making dinner for us is maybe a different thing. It's like it's, a love language. Yeah, it is a love language. <laughs> it's a hobby. It's something. But I do realize that there were times in my life where I sat there going like, uh, when I had, you know, when we were a six pack in one yeah. house and like then and, and so, both working and coming yeah. home at like six o'clock after sports and school and so, like, and ugh. I was, yeah, I was really interested in the fact that this, uh, this woman, it says this woman, uh, Erica James in Milwaukee said dinner is slowly killing me. <laughs> I asked my husband to help me pick up meals to cook and I get, I don't care. Whatever is fine with me. Let me just tell you. Here's how you switch that narrative. We all hate that, though. But wait. So then she says she complains. He complains about the amount of chicken we eat um, <clears throat> because she says it requires no thought. And But here's the interesting part. A 2020 Gallup poll found that regardless of employment status, women are saddled with the majority of the dinner prep in the grocery shopping in the U.S. homes. The gaps are huge. 51% prepare dinner more often. 45% grocery shop more and 42% wash dishes more often than their mayor than their male partners. Sure. Around 30% of couples split these tasks evenly. So only 30% while only a small portion of men tackle these tasks more often than their wives. Um, they said that HelloFresh and in, in the UK did a survey and talked to 2000 couples about their biggest dinner battles. The most common blowups were over what to eat, when to eat and the mess the meal prep causes. Last weekend, we had a question. We were talking about HelloFresh. I was saying mm-hmm. that I met a guy that two times a week gets HelloFresh and just thinks it's the best. Yeah. We got a really insightful email from one of our listeners, and she said, hey, I just wanted to give you a different perspective on that. Right. Which fits right into this. Because it does. It does. She was saying that it has, like, revolutionized the dinner for her and her husband. Yeah. 
because they pick it together. Yep. They cook it together. They don't feel bad about having food waste. Mm -hmm. That the companies, she, in her estimation, felt like they'd gotten better about packaging and not using so much of that stuff. And she said it has really like become something her and her husband look forward to. It feels like a date. It doesn't feel like the burden of the shopping and the picking of the meal is all on her. Yeah. And she exactly described this scenario that made it almost feel like fun. And I was like, oh, yeah, I I hadn't ever thought about HelloFresh in that way. But those are two. And I and I totally love that. And it's she it's she and her husband and it's just them. And I feel like that that's one aspect of it that's different than if you have the family yeah and this is an interesting part this Gemma Hartley said uh there's a certain relentlessness to dinner she's like it's compounded by the cultural pressures that dinner should be a family meal and balanced at that and she says making dinner is more involved uh dinner goes far beyond simply getting a meal on the table the mental load required in the planning budgeting shopping prepping cleaning delegating and cooking makes it far more complicated and exhausting for someone who also has a job as well, like, you know, who has also raising the kids and also doing the thing. But I thought about it because I think, like, for us, that's the stuff that we revel in a little bit more, you know. And um, But there's another piece of this that I wanted to point out because I thought it was so interesting. She said she feels um, it's it's about, okay, here it is. It's clear putting food on the table can feel like an endless, thankless chore. Part of that is because food is often connected to emotions and sentimentality. So it's an emotional load. It's not just the task. It's the emotional load That's of interesting. It. I know. Um, she said... And um, why, why, I guess the ethereal why, why do we allow or are we okay with men just being like, oh, whatever. Whatever. Like, how about, no, how about we split these duties and how about you make dinner these nights and I make dinner these nights and if you can't cook, either learn how, get takeout or figure it out. Like... Well, and there, she, I, well, there's one thing she says. She says, I almost feel like I shouldn't have insecurities because cooking doesn't hold a special meaning for me as it does for others. She's like, that's not my skill set. My sister makes amazing food and like loves it. She goes, that's just, I'm not connected to the cooking. She says, but I still feel the sting of not being enough in that regard because my sister-in-laws enjoy it and are good at it. She goes on later to say that what you're saying, following up on what you're saying, is she said, you know, in the end, one of the things that, She's kind of quiet quit making dinner. And what she does is she has two meals that she knows her kids are going to eat. Like they are, she has a stable meal, a rotation of the two young kids will eat and that's it. And if her husband wants something beyond that, he can buy the ingredients and they will figure out a way to make it together. So sharing the tasks has helped like his love language of food and her desire to be the one to, you know, plan and execute a complicated meal. It feels kind of passive aggressive, though, to quiet quit. Well, I mean, but by just saying she's quiet quitting, I think what she's meaning by that is that she's stopping putting the expectations on sure. herself. Sure. So I feel like that there's something to say about that. And I do think a lot more men are cooking than ever before. But I also like there is the whole shopping like Kurt will go to the grocery store and he will buy Jack's Pizza three pack toilet paper and, you know, soap if he needs it. Yeah. I'm like, wait a second. <clears throat> Why didn't you even ask if we need anything or check in with like, I'm just supposed to do all the shopping for everything else. It's not your Jack's Pizza, your soap and your I mean, yeah, that seems what's really up with one sided. That? that feels very strange. Yeah, I didn't like it. <clears throat> wait to fight about it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm interested if you guys want to save your comments for the Ask Stephanie portion of the show. Feel free to call in later and tell us about your burden of dinner. 
and if or not. Yeah, we have another conversation piece coming up too. We'll be right back. All right, we had a good conversation about the division of labor and the food and the cooking. I am going to continue on with that with an article that I read that were the seven rules of being a good dinner party guest. And some of them I thought were just dumb. Yeah, and I did the too. article had 550 comments. Uh, that's a sign. Uh, try not to show up empty-handed. Okay, fine. Number one. Feel free to be fashionably late. Wait, and this- let's go up to, let's stop with the first one because there's feelings about this. Try not to show up empty-handed, which is I agree with this in terms of like the the question of what can I bring. Yep. But then if not like if some if you're if your host says we're good, don't worry about it. Then like, give it up. Don't, don't bring anything. Right. But there are people who are like, no, what can I bring? No, come on, let me do something. And I'm like, oh, my God. There are those people that bring something for everything, no matter what. And yeah. I love those people, but I'm not that person. Well, and I don't like, again, you know, Lord knows if you've listened to the show for any amount of time, you know how we feel about giant bouquets of flowers. But I love them. But I, I just <laughs> giant bouquets are a problem. I want them in a mason me. jar. Yeah. And I just think, you know, I it's always that thing of like. There was one commenter on this site that was responding to that, and they were like, and if you bring something, bring go big. Don't bring one bottle of wine. Bring three bottles of wine. I was like, you're a nightmare. Yeah. You are You are demanding attention, and I hate that about you. <laughs> <laughs> like She's like, bring the biggest autumn bouquet you can. I'm like, I will tell you to leave it on the doorstep. <laughs> thank you, but no, thank There's you. There's no room in my house. Um, her, okay. other, her other suggestion was, feel free to be fashionably late. Honestly, 15 minutes late is a relief to a host. Even 30 minutes is acceptable. I was like, absolutely not. (laughs) If I say you're coming at 7, I'm having the meal on at 7.30. Like, I'm giving myself about 30 minutes. Okay, yeah. And maybe it'll go a little later, but in my brain, I have to have things ready to go. Like, if you show up when I'm just putting the food on the table, you're rude. I think a 15 minutes is is appropriate, only in, in, in the fact of, like, I'm saying... Uh, when it says feel free to be fashionably late, I, I feel like that's almost like saying you should do this and giving your host a breather. That's a person who is you're assuming a lot about the host. In OK, that it gets moment. better because I don't think because I think if you show up 15 minutes, that's just traffic. That's parking. Sure, that's it. Fine. That's normal. But if you say you're intentionally not coming until the 15 minutes mark or even worse, like you just said, the 30 minute mark, then I start to wonder, are you coming? Yeah, totally. Okay, how about this one? Keep the host company in the kitchen. Yeah, get out of my kitchen. Oh, same. Get I was like, kitchen. no. If I have like an open floor plan and you're like sitting in near me where we can discuss and talk. But if I have like a kitchen that it's just a bunch of people standing around and There's I can't no do what I need to do, I'm going to yeah. go down a brisado on you. Yeah, I know. I'm going to be like, get out. Get out. Get out. <laughs> Um, I did think that I get the idea like this is funny. The host should never be cooking alone in the kitchen. You need to ask the host, man. You don't make these assumptions about the host are pretty bad. I thought so, too. Don't start eating before the host sits down. Okay, well, that's normal. I mean, who even does that? I mean, I you mean starts eating. Yeah. yeah. But then the idea that when the host says don't wait for me to sit down. And then if the host says, you just need to go by the host. If the host says, hey, you know what? Why don't you guys start? I'm going to finish something quickly up. I want you to finish. I want you to start eating because it's hot. And I know I have like five more minutes. Like, I would want you to start eating. Yeah. Okay. How about tuck away your phone? Well, I mean. (laughs) I know. What kind of friends does this lady have? Show interest in the food. That's the most bizarre one of all time. Number six. Show interest in the food. Really? You need to be told to show interest (laughs) in the food at a dinner party? Number seven, send a thank you note. 
I do think thank you notes, yeah. whether by mail or email, is important. And I just think notes in general are great. I do too. I wish that I was better at them. That's probably one of my biggest worst traits is that I'm not good at that. Um, <laughs> one thing about going back to show interest in the food quickly, though, I it's like I love it so much when people ask questions like, "Where's this recipe from? What's that hint of citrus? <laughs> where do you find? Where does one What's find sheep's milk yogurt around here? It's yuzu, okay? <laughs> if it's not natural, like if you're faking being, I, like those feel like instructions on how to be an AI diner. You know what I mean? And I just feel like just be a part be a part of the meal how about that like enjoy your food and like how, how do you feel about there's one this is in the comment section please don't try to clean up at the end of dinner if i host i expect to clean up the mess after the guests leave and i appreciate the same treatment at others homes don't feel like you have to jump in and clean my kitchen uh, yeah i don't want that no like who wants i mean i to appreci- do dishes like at someone else's house no 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 but i mean i have i have You know, I like it when people, when you're sitting around the table and I'm still having coffee and conversation and then I have, you know, my children are very good at like starting to gather plates and they get up and they put them in the kitchen and they're the only ones that are allowed to really start doing dishes for sure. But otherwise, if I say, no, no, just leave it, just leave it, like leave it, like let it go because otherwise it becomes the focus of the action instead of the conversation. And like as a couple, Kurt and I will do dishes along the way or... You know, he might go into the kitchen and start getting a load going in the dishwasher. That's fine. Sure. Like to create counter space to stack. Yeah, and just like to keep things moving sort of along. If we have a dinner party, it's usually a three dishwasher affair. Yeah. You know, it's the True. dishes from the cooking and then it's the plates and the silverware and then usually the glassware is last. Yeah. So I don't mind like if he's getting things going, but I don't want you to be like, here, let me help you with the dishes. No, get yeah. out of my kitchen. I don't want your help. I know. I yeah. I just think like it's about I just think it's about, you know, having the space and also respecting the flow of the moment and taking your cue from the host. How about this one as a rule? Are you a should you include in an invite whether you're a shoe on or a shoe off household? I don't think you should include it in the invite. I think that's bizarre. And people like, do you have people that come to your house with their like house slippers? Sure. It's Minnesota. Of course they do. We have people who come in with like their boots and then they're holding, you know, in the dead of winter, they have their boots, but they are holding their shoes. I respect that. I'm a shoe house. And so I don't like, I assume I put a nice, you know, big squishy thing for you to wipe your feet on when you come in. But then we're all wearing shoes. I think it's very strange in Minnesota to walk around in your socks. I think it's weird. I think well, and I don't wear socks, so right. then I'm walking around barefoot, barefoot in, your in, your house. in your house. So, by the way, I often travel with a little towel in my bag so that I can say if I like if I'm wearing boots that are part of the outfit, then I say if I wipe my boots off really well, does it? Are you okay if I wear them? Oh yeah, like you want your outfit to be yeah, uh, like if it's part that, yeah. of the outfit, it's like that's kind of a thing. How about um, people, this is a funny one, people that don't play music when you come over and it's just like silence and talking. (laughs) (laughs) Music is really important. It is. and It kind of sets the tone. It's just background, but it kind of puts people at ease because it fills in those little gaps and it allows you to kind of like move throughout the room without feeling like you're on display. Well, and when we'll sit down to eat, a lot of times we'll turn the music off or down because we have older people that can't hear great. Yeah. 
but like it, for the beginning part, like for sure, because by then my one, I have loud friends. So by then we're all shouting at each other anyway, and nobody can hear the music anyway. Can I give this one that, that I'm surprised that they didn't put this as, in, in answer to don't arrive or to feel free to arrive late. The actual rule is don't arrive early. Like, please do not come like quarter to six. If the, 100% if, if it's supposed to be a six o'clock. Guess what? I want you sitting in your car and I want you waiting until six because I am literally trying to get the last little things go. And then I think, okay, six o'clock we can go. Um, Here's another one that I'm sure is controversial, but don't bring your kids if they're not invited. Um, Like I get that babysitters are expensive and all that. And I had a kid myself. I just had one, but whatever. If someone doesn't put on there like, hey, kids, welcome. You know, don't call me and be like, do you mind if I bring my kid? She'll just watch TV in the back room while we're there. I don't mind. I don't mind I the ask. I would probably say yes, but like. I don't mind the ask for me. I would say, yeah, it's not going to be very fun for her. But, you know, <laughs> I mean, like, yeah, she can. I mean, I've had people have their kids in the basement and that's I don't mind that. But th- I'm not taking care of your kid and I'm also not preparing any special meals for your kid. Well, there's that. Uh, and we were uh, we had friends that had kids, and we would already know that the kids were coming too. So like sometimes we would just we had friends that we ate at their house once a week, pretty much. Yeah. And if Ellie was home, we'd bring her. And if their kid was home, but that was sort of that's understood a with that's that a couple. family thing, right? Yeah, they were our like your family friends and um, whatever. Here's what I love about this one too. There's a Hillary had made a comment. Please, please, please go home when the party is over. <laughs> You always have that like person who is the just last straggler <laughs> that like, can't sitting shut there, up. and you're just like, oh my god! And you've put away all the dishes, and they're still hanging out, and you've done. I swear to God, I have done the thing where I've been like, all right, it's time for you to go. I have kicked people out of my house, and I don't mind it. Yeah, no, for sure. We I've have done that thing where I'm like, well, I'm going to bed, so I don't know what you're gonna do, but I'm going to bed. Here's what one woman said. She said, some of these comments on this thread are just so stressy. And it's sad because hosting and dining with friends and family is supposed to be relaxed and full of love. For me, the key is food. I can cook ahead and accepting that not everything will be perfect. Guests are sometimes late. The new dish I cooked was underwhelming and I broke the cork on the fancy wine. No one's judging. They're just grateful for food and company. But that is a food person that wrote that. Right. Because... All of those things that she was like, no big deal for like someone that doesn't entertain a lot. Right. Those are the kind of things that they are freaked out about and ruins their night. They said there's one other one that says this is exactly why I don't like to host. I need to know when everyone will be leaving. I need to know. (laughs) It causes a lot of stress with my husband who would like to entertain more, but it stresses me out so much when people won't leave. And that to me is hysterical because she's fixated on that now. And like she can't she can't like let it all go. But I think it's funny because it is. In truth, the truth of entertaining and the truth of hosting is really just letting it all go. And then and then being able to say the things that you want. I feel like this next comment might be a whole topic for a later show. Okay, but what is becoming difficult about entertaining is all of the food restrictions. So you invite, you know, four couples over for dinner. Do you say, like, does anyone have any dietary needs or restrictions? Or do you just cook the food you want to cook? And if they can't eat something because it has dairy in it, they just don't eat that? People bringing their own food because they don't eat dairy. So they brought their own XYZ. I don't mind you bringing your own food. I don't mind it. Like, if that means that you're going to have, like, we're going to heat microwave you a little thing that's going to sit on your plate because you can't eat any of the food. If that's... 
I, I guess that's it's odd, but I would rather have you do that than to fake it or sit there like not being able to eat. But for me, I kind of know everybody who's coming. I guess here's the deal. Like I do make sure that I have a multiple uh, option meal because I have gluten free friends. I have vegetarian friends. I have. So I just make sure. But if they're bringing people and I maybe don't know that they don't like dairy, if they don't tell me, then I there's not much I can do about that. Is it an obligation of the host to like before you invite or when you invite no. to say? Well, no, because I think that because I want to cook the food I want to cook. And if you can't eat it, that's fine. Yeah. But I don't want to like well, create a whole menu around your diet. No. But could are you OK then if they bring their own food? Sure. OK. Yep. Yeah. And too. if you're concerned about it, like Lori comes over to our house and always brings um, what are those pressed chicken, fake chicken patties. OK. She's always got a fake chicken yeah. patty in her bag. Yeah. Just in case. Sure. And I love that. She doesn't make it work for me. We don't have to discuss it. She's got it. If she doesn't eat it, she just puts it in the freezer in there. It sits for the next time she comes. All right. We're going to take a quick break. We come back. We are the Ask Stephanie portion show. We are waiting to hear your responses to this. 651-641-1071. We'll be right back. I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game and you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. Welcome back to the Weekly Dish where we are having the Ask Stephanie portion of the show. 651-641-1071. If you want to talk about rules of a dinner party... Or you want to talk about the mental and emotional weight of preparing dinner every night mm-hmm. and how you feel about that. Yep. 651-641-1071. We do have our annual weekly caller, Brian, on the line. Hi, Brian. How you doing? Doing well. Every, every time you t- you hit something that st- strikes something in my brain, the movie Perfect, yeah. Jan Winner, publisher of Rolling Stone magazine, I believe he made super cold nitro ice cream in the movie. Huh. Don't remember that. My gosh. So, Jan Wiener. Jan Wiener. And you're talking about Usher. Well, I think it was another radio station. Usher, you go to his dinner party, no potato salad. <laughs> That's funny. So, <laughs> really? I've, I've heard that on the radio somewhere this week, and it just hit. And you were talking about the fall of The fall uh, of Usher. House of Usher. The house yeah. of Usher. Right. Awesome. Thank you, Brian. Yep. Thanks, Brian. Happy 651-641-1071. We've got a bunch of emails. Uh, let's see here. You, Stephs, are the best. Oh, I love great. listening to you every week and learn so much from the both of you. Thanks for all you do. Thanks, Jill. That's very kind. Uh, let's see. We have another email here that says... My boys are great hosts, and when their party is over, they stretch and they say, well, we're going to bed so that these fine folks can go home. (laughs) I like it. Oh, that's a nice one. Yeah, it's a good one. Yeah. Um, This is from Erin. She says, I'm so connecting with the mental load of what's for dinner. Uh, 651-641-1071. I work until 630, and the duty falls upon me to shop, put it away, Prep what to make, and I hate getting asked what's for dinner. After I'm done with work, I just want to take a breath. Can I be honest about something, too? 651-641-1071. Yes. There's something about... So I had a dinner with uh, some ladies this week, 
And the funny thing was, so in the group chat, we all knew that we were going to go to dinner that time and that like on that day because we'd planned it like three months ago. And they here's what happens. So where should we go? Steph? Yeah. And I say, well, we could go here. And so then I get it. I know my job yeah, here. Yeah, mine too. So I said, we can go here or here. And then they, and I'm like, if we go here, it's earlier. If we go here, it's later. What are all the replies? Oh, yeah, that's great. Either one works for me. Doesn't matter to me. I don't care. That sounds great. I have like, an opinion. My God, you guys. If I like some, and I just put in there, I'm like, someday someone else is going to actually make the choice of where to go for dinner. Oh, my God. And so then they were all like, fine, fine, we're going to pick this place. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. So a lot of times what I want to say is that you just have to say, you have to say that you need someone else to do And say what you want. Yeah. Uh, Okay, this one is from Anna. She says, the best thing that ever happened was curbside pickup. I shop and he picks it up. Dinner, not so much. Oh. Hi, Anna and Niswa. I think I know that Anna. I think she came so to like she's saying signing. like she does the she does all the grocery ordering and then and he picks it up. Yeah, my daughter loves the pickup situation at like Target. You know what I mean? Like that's an easy way to go. You pull up, you get it in your car. You don't unload your children. You go in. I actually had a conversation with someone the other day that went to Costco that was sending me like, "Do you want this from Costco? Do you want that from Costco?" I was like, "Oh, I love that you're willing to shop at Costco for me." But she made a comment of like, I'm going to do a Target run. Do you want anything? And I was like, wow, I haven't been to Target in literally years. What? I know. I must be weird. You are weird. Target is my happy place. Yeah, I haven't been to Target. A honestly, Target, like stroll where I'm just randomly putting things like. I probably haven't been there in over five years. Oh, my God. That's so bad. I know. And I'm like, you are not even I need Minnesotan some, at this point. I know. I need some candy. And I'm like, well, I'll just go to Walgreens. Oh, my gosh. That's really funny. It is weird. Okay, one more, few more comments. Six five one six four one one zero seven one. Everybody's very quiet. I want to. Let me just say one thing. I did. I want to add this before I forget. Is I had a we had a friend uh, who lost her her mom this week, and her sister. I know, you know, very. I know her sister as well, and I was thinking about how I could help support her. And I wanted to like send food because our friend, you know, is a, is a cook and was like, I can, I'm going to do my own cooking. It's therapeutic. Don't cook me any food. And so we're like, got it, but I want to help your sister. And I have to tell you this going on Amazon and then doing a whole foods order of just like roast chicken and some soups and some pastas and sending it to her house. I like that. Was a marvelous thing. And I thought about the burden of like, especially when you're grieving, the burden of dinner is, is so much, but just even having ingredients is one more step towards making it easier. Yeah, I like that idea. Yeah. Uh, okay, Steph's. I'm going to a concert. This is from our friend Wendy. We want to go to eat before in St. Paul, somewhere oh. kind of new and fun with good drinks. Any ideas? Oh, yeah. Uh, I know it's last minute, but I love your show. Thank you. I told her to go. I said, you have options, including Meritage, of course, which is going to be bubbles and oysters and that level of fun. Um, and I, I gave her the Emerald Lounge, so which is cute. great cocktails, but a little quiet, not so fun. You know what I mean? Just a little bit more like uh, intimate. And then I gave her a restaurant at the Palace, which is the new rectangle place n- open near the Palace Theater. And I think that's what she chose because that is going to be fun and they have great drinks. I also want to tell you that I found myself at the Loon. Did you really? I went to the palace to see Old Crow Medicine Show and them Coolie Boys, which were amazing. And I just was like, huh, well, I'm a little early and I'm meeting my friends in a bit and I'm just going to go sit at the bar. The guy next to me ordered chili and a grilled cheese. 
And I made him let me take a picture of it because it was so amazing. And then we started talking about why I'm taking pictures of his food and getting all up in his business. Yeah, he's here on a sales call. And so we were talking about athleisure. <laughs> he sells athleisure. We really ended up like having a great time. And and he was like just talking about what a great music city this is. He's like, well, have you ever been to Minnesota Music Cafe? Have you ever been to Schoonovers? Have you ever been like Shaw's? Shaw's has the best blues. Like he knew Every little divey bar and every musical wow. haunt in the Twin Cities and comes here to hear music. And I thought... But he's not from here? He's from Detroit. Oh, my God. And so I talked to him about Detroit and my Martha Reeves and the Vandals karaoke night. Yeah. But it was just like, wow, to see this place through his eyes... That's a gift. And to have spent time with him at the bar, yeah. which is why I love sitting at a bar. It was just... We had such a great night. And I sat with him for about 30 minutes before my friends came. And then afterwards, we we hugged, actually. <laughs> and then I was not me. I know. And then I was standing in line waiting to get into the palace to get our IDs checked and stuff. And he walked out and he was like, hey, it was good to see you. Have a good night. Oh, my God. I love it that. It was pretty funny. That's awesome. All right. Uh, we are going to go to second hour when we come back on the Weekly Dish.